Take these words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome. Father, grant that we will not do church this morning, but we will seek for you. Grant that we will not seek a man's voice this morning, but we will seek to hear from you. Grant that we will not do a religion this morning, but we will seek a relationship with you. Grant that we will not do things as people expect them us to do them, but that, Lord, our hearts will flame for you. Grant that, Lord, God will jettison the old way of doing church and religion and we will just be courageous enough to just come before you and be in you and be found in you and find your power and find your grace and find the life that is in you. Grant that this year we will burn differently for you. Grant oh God that your presence will fill our hearts with the overflow. Grant that our spirit man We'll be hungry for you. That's our heart cry, oh God. Come, oh God. Come. 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 Come, Spirit of the living God. said a word to you and all of a sudden have verses to compose to their king 
Let the pen of the ready writer be released upon the people. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You're moving in our hearts. You are here as we gather in your name. You are here, you are here, and you want to walk a wonder. You are here as we sometimes yeah I'm sorry but you know well I'm not sorry <laughs> I wish I could just be one of those dignified people though yeah but it doesn't do anything for anybody doesn't you need to learn how to lose yourself in God's presence and not care nobody can do a thing for you except God most them so don't be so dignified among men that before God God can't stand you and 
be so all set that you can't lose it for God. You know. Enlarge your appetite. I hear the Spirit of God say today. Enlarge your endurance of me. Some of us have very thrite appetite for God. Very little. Very little. I hear God says, enlarge your appetite. Enlarge your threshold to hold spiritual things. Widen. Widen. We're going to do a series on the Acts of Apostles this whole month of January. And, I, and the Holy Spirit said to us that it shouldn't be a series. We should actually bring the Acts back to life. And we should bring it back to life. So it's not going to be serious as serious in terms of serious, but we're going to immerse in the acts. We're going to immerse in the acts. Are you excited at all? I can see your face up. This was the first church Jesus left. And once Jesus left, this is what the disciples set out and started working on. You know, started working. This is what Jesus' disciples are doing once he left. Was the acts of apostles this is the actions of the apostles that they do are we the followers of Christ are you a follower of Christ you're not sure are you a follower of Christ then where are your own acts where are your own what so we read about sometimes some of you should get tired of reading about Elijah and Moses and Gideon and Barak what can we read about Victor <laughs> do you understand about James What can we read about Udeme? What can we read about you? Are you a believer? Do you know that the Bible is still being written? And if there was another generation after us, they will read about us. They will read about ordinary people who had nothing who stayed in faith and waited for years and years after God promised them they're going to have something they're going to read about they read about people who raised the dead you know people raised the dead in our generation they read about people who were caught up in the third heavens and saw heaven and came back to earth and Jesus gave them marching orders they read about this so let's say the Bible has been written again. What's going to be written about you? I hope it won't be that you came, you now discover new, new delicacies that you could eat. New kinds of eba, new kinds of, or like me, new kinds of teas, like a tea coin or so. You, you, you just learned how to taste wine from Napa Valley all the way to Stellenbosch. You just go around wine tasting in the world. That's the thing they'll write about you. What a shame. 
They're going to write about people who, by the power of God, invented new technologies that drove humanity to a new level. They're going to write about people who found the cure for malaria. Do you know malaria was like HIV AIDS? If you had malaria, it was certain that you're going to die. You know? And even in Europe right now, malaria is so extinct that if you had malaria, they will actually quarantine you and move you to a center for tropical diseases. I had colleagues who came to work in Nigeria and then contacted the virus, the Danish guys. And then one, the virus hit him so hard, I was driving and he was sitting in the front. You know, he passed up and fell with his head to the dashboard. I got my hand under his head in good time, otherwise something would have happened to his brain. And then pushed my hand under it while still driving, you know, like pushed him back to the chair and then, you know, slacked his chair, packed off, slacked his chair, strapped him in and drove him straight to the hospital. It hit him so hard. He was in the hospital for three days just for contacting the virus the first time. There's a time when malaria wiped people out. What are you going to be known for? What are you going to be known for in your generation? That you came, you collected mobile phones which other people designed. That you're a social media freak. And that all the time you eat and eat and you can't stop. I'm not shaming. Do you understand? I'm not shaming. Or like you're a nympho. You cannot stop having sex. Is that not the story that will be written about some people? But there is the acts of those who through faith and patience endured the promise of Christ and entered into something that God had in store for them. There is the journey of God's calling. There is God urging people forward saying make your life count make your life meaningful and there were some people who on earth were very very astute and very crafty on earth people like Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was a tax collector a hated man and once he saw that Jesus had something else that he had never seen before this man knew how to key into new ideas. He saw this man who could give freedom. He saw this man who could bring power. He was an economist. You know tax collectors were economists. So generally, it was like Alpha Beta Consortium, right? The government seeks to you the right to collect tax from people. So if somebody's tax exposure is 500K, you go and say to him, your tax is 7 million naira. The person will negotiate and pay what? Maybe two million naira and feel like, oh my goodness, I got a I got a really good deal. And the tax collector will take 1.5 million and give the government half a million. So people knew that this is what tax collectors did. They were very rich, but they were also very hated. They were extremely hated. So once Jesus was, was found in the house of one Matthew, the tax collector, people were like, oh my gosh, this guy even calls himself a prophet. He should know that this guy. It's not worthy of receiving anyone like him. They hated tax collectors. But when Zacchaeus saw that Jesus had something else, 
Zacchaeus keyed into what was more. He held on to what was more. He saw reward beyond the earth. His eyes opened in the spirit and he could see treasure that was beyond money. So he, do you see the repentance he gave? He now said, he now humbled himself and climbed the sycamore tree. He got the master to go to his house. And that night, he gave out everything. If you say you give everybody you collected from, you give them twice. How are you going to, what's he going to have left? Everybody you robbed, you gave them back twice. How about? You're not going to have anything left. So he actually emptied his treasury to obtain something bigger. And the Bible now says in the book of Matthew chapter 13, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which when a man finds, he sells everything so that he can buy that one. That's Zacchaeus. People look at him and say he's stupid. Today, people look at him and say he's stupid. But truly, Zacchaeus obtained something that was phenomenal. That's why we want to focus on the book of Acts. And that's why I want to encourage you to enter into the Acts of believers. That's why I want to encourage you to cause the fire of God to burn on your own altar. That's why I want to encourage you to come on this journey. Let's consider a few scriptures. And today we're going to start the first series by the day of cloven fire. We're just going to be talking about that day when the fire fell. The day of cloven fire. So, why are we talking about fire? Because fire does some things. Fire purifies. So normally when you have... When, when I bought this wedding ring, that was uh, 16 and a half years ago, you can see it's actually still shining you know i know people who have rings for 40 years and still glisten like if it's real gold gold they told me that if i want to reshape it i can bring it back to the store and they're going to melt it and reshape it for me they told me also that after every five years i, I can clean it up i haven't done it so far because i'm far away from where i bought it from but what do they clean? Do you know when you drop this thing in the fire in very intense heat, the first thing that happens is that it begins to sizzle. There are a lot of impurities that have entered into this thing that you won't see with your natural eyes. Fire purifies. So those impurities will crack off immediately. You put this in the fire. Fire is designed for cleaning so that the only the real elements will come out Malachi says he will sit as the refiner of silver and as a purifier of gold. So that when he's done, only the perfect will be presented. Fire is a purifier. Fire brings things to life. Right? Fire makes things ready. Like if you're, if you're cooking, what do you need? Yeah. Makes things ready. Just breaks the food makes food tasty when you start smelling the chicken yeah when the chicken is roasting in the fire 
So fire is not all for burning and for destroying. And especially in the context in which we're talking about fire, we're talking about something that beautifies, something that brings out the best, something that nourishes, something that elevates, something that bring, draws out something. Do you guys understand this? So God is sending fire and changing the tepid and the flat taste into tasty. And the big word we want to use today for fire is fuel. Fire is fuel. It's energy. Energy. Most generating sets sit around fire. And fire brings the energy that things need. Do you guys understand? So fire is energy. So, there was a day in the Bible called the day of the cloven fire. Yeah, and we're going to read about it shortly. It was a day when cloven, cloven means divided, divided tongues of fire. A day when fire divided among people. Right. There is that power that comes when we yield ourselves and connect to what God is trying to do with the fire. Do you understand? That fire is there. That fire comes to clear up everything that God wants to do. And why? Because God is calling forth for a church that will no more be business as usual. Because God is calling for a day when he will come into his church and take over. Because God is calling for a church that is pure and he's going to do it by himself. He's going to purge sins. He's going to purge character flaws. He's going to remove weaknesses. Because God wants us to be like gold refined in the fire, not holding on to any more dross. And only when this fire falls will the gates open for Christ to come in. You're looking for a move of God, it will not happen until there's a purifying first. There are two comings of Jesus Christ. One is the coming into the church to sit with the church and make the church what it should be first. So let's read this scripture together. One, two, go. Who then ascends into the presence of the Lord? And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth. Those who never deceive, whose words are sure. They will receive the Lord's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God for they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. That's the same as Silah. So he says, read on. So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your head, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the king of glory. You know where this is from? This is Psalm 24. This is a passion translation. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And let the king of glory come in. There is something that is holding back the move of God. There is something that is restricting the 
overflow of God's power in the world today. There is something that is destabilizing people and crippling people from being the kind of people God is asking them to be. And those things are, as it were, like gates. So let's read on. Next slide. For he is about to come through you. You ask, who is this glory king? The Lord armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you edgeless doors of destiny. Here he comes, the king of glory is ready to come in. You ask, who is this king of glory? He is the Lord of victory, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's host. Yes, he is the king of glory. Pause in his presence. Selah. Pause in his presence. He is the king of glory. The mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's host. He is the king of glory. Fling wide, you ageless doors of destiny. Open wide the doors that bring you into who you're supposed to be in God. You know that's what this means? Ageless doors of destiny. Like there are doors in the spirit realm. There are doors in the heavenlies. There are gates that hold people back. But sometimes you come to the gates. Remember, blessed is he who comes. Say it again. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You come to the gates and say, Open up, ye everlasting gates. Let the King of glory come in. Open up, ye everlasting doors. Let the work of God begin. Open up in my life. Let the staring of God begin. So when we talk about the coming of fire, we're talking about God himself stepping into the scene and changing the tepid waters and changing the dry things and changing the tasteless things in our lives and turning them upside down because the King of glory is coming in. How does he come? How does he come? How does he come? God is truly ready to walk. Yeah, he's truly ready to walk. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 7 say, Be silent in the presence of the Lord, of the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has invited his guest. There are 34 times in the Bible when he says be ready God is about to come God is about to move 34 times in the Bible he says I'm coming now I'm about to move I'm moving now I'm coming down God keeps saying I'm coming I'm going to do something he wants us to be full of expectation he wants us to be full of anticipation that life will not continue as dry as it is. That our faith will not, that we will not be calling ourselves Christians and there's no difference between us and the world. God is waiting. God is constantly in this anticipation and waiting and kept promising, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. God kept saying, He's coming. He's coming as the cloven tongue of fire. So, it's either God is true and people encountered him and experienced him and we should too or he's lying and in, in that case if he's lying 
we should throw away our Bibles and go home. Yeah? We should throw away our Bibles and go home. Or we're playing games. And we should take this thing seriously and do God. I see many people touching holy things one week. They can't endure it for so long. They leave it and go and touch the world and come back and touch holy things and vacillate. Is it that God is real? I should go with God and experience all of Him and find out whether this thing we're hearing and seeing is true or we should abandon our Bibles. That's a challenge I want to bring to you today. I don't want you to, like, I'm not trying to preach, right? I'm not trying to preach. I'm just trying to say, like, you know, guys, you're a believer, right? You believe in God. Where's the power? Where's the God? Where's the things we read about? Where's either we're not going there, we're not going there with everything we have, we're not going towards God, or we're going. And you must be 100% assured that God is good and what God will give you will be better than what the world can give you. You must be assured that the power of God will bring you into a place bigger than the power of man. You must be assured that God is powerful and all-knowing and has something in himself for you. You must be 100% assured that as you go into God, that there is life and power in God. You must be totally convinced that this is the way. You must be fully consumed with the fact that you are working for God and you are all about God and you are ready to perish everything else that doesn't align to the standard you see and go with God. It is time. That's what the Acts is about. Acts is about a time when God changed over us and we used to go to church for many years one day you go to church and you won't come back you won't come back you know it's not like you abandon your children your children too won't come back none of you will be the same again none of us will be the same again let the mountain of the Lord be the mountain of the Lord's house. You read it, like the mountain of the whole Lord's house will be anointed. The day Moses came back, everybody knew that something had happened to him. Have you ever encountered God in such a way that everybody knew? So if you haven't, we have the desire. The first, the first place you start from is desire. Do you really want this God? Or do you want to do church? Do some services, touch some things, you know, give some offering, come once in a while, do convenient Christianity, do it when you have time, do it when it's com comfortable. Or do you want to burn for God? Or do you want to be impactful in your life? Or do you want to be like people who saw what Paul and Silas saw and they looked at the man and said, we have silver and gold we don't have, but we have something they knew they had something they knew for sure that if they touched that man you know can you carry God in such a way that you know you know you know you have something you know you know it's there 
you know that he resides in you you know that he resides in you can you unlock something in god can you release something in god that you're never going to be the same again you cannot go back and vibe the same way you cannot go back and touch sin touch the world touch canal things argue from now to tomorrow about how this believe me all of these arguments i don't argue with anyone gay rights this is i don't argue with anyone i don't argue with anyone i don't argue with anyone why why should i be arguing Christianity is a power, it's a power religion. It's a power religion. Like, right? Either this word of God is powering in your hand or it's not powering. I'm tired of church. I was born in the church. In all the years of my life, my father was a pastor for at least 20 years before he gave birth to me. And he continued pastoring until he died. All I saw was church, church. I've attended so much church. I want to vomit next time I see church again. That's why I don't preach like other people. That's why I don't want to, I don't want to be homiletical. I don't want to arrange the facts and arrange the points. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. It doesn't change no one. What changes a man is a cry in his spirit. When someone says, I cannot be the same anymore. What changes someone is saying, when I look at into God's eyes, if God is real, let him be real in my life. What changes people is a hunger in their spirit, who desire a move of God. What changes people is for them to journey after righteousness and to cry until God's purpose be birth. That God is waiting to give birth to something in you. And God is saying, I'm waiting for you to come. Blessed is he who comes, who says, I've come according to the volumes of the books that is written about me according to my journey and my destiny in the scripture according to all that god has proposed before the foundation of the world when he sent me here i have come i have come and there's no stepping back until i do my mandate on earth that's why i'm here today and today is a challenge are you going to be a wishy-washy christian if all christians in the world were like you what is the hope of christianity if all Christians in the world were just like you, will people be saved? Will nations be turned around? Will darkness evaporate? We read that God is light and there's no darkness in Him. Are you able to move anything in your world? Are you not tired of praying for people and nothing is happening? Are you not tired of doing and then explaining something? Is there a hunger inside of you? Like, if God is anywhere, I must find Him. Jesus looked at because I say, oh, evil and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? There's no miraculous in your midst. You just use explanation. If all our English is just English, if all we're doing is just English, 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 I'm not doing God. Today, I woke up hungry. I woke up thirsty. I woke up different. I woke up angry. And we've turned the power of God into empty words. We turn the power of God into empty words. We accept disobedience as if it's cool. We glorify failure. We hate success. Men don't want women anymore. They want other men. Women don't want men any, anymore. They want other women. We come to church. We imagine that God is going to do nothing. We don't have expectations. Even as I'm preaching, people are getting angry. Pastor, preach. Let's go home. Right? We come to church. We want nothing to change. We don't want anything to change. We don't want to do nothing. We don't want to go anywhere.
anywhere without a fast, without a prayer. Pastor, leave us alone. For as for us, our manhood is in charge. We see no miracle power. We feel no God. We see no redemption. We have no heart cry. There's no cry out of your spirit. How can you a human being? The only cry in your spirit is the cry for to hammer. How cheap you are. That everything outside of you is just about money and financial. You have no cry. You see humanity distressed. You have no cry for redemption. You, you see broken people. You have no cry. You see hurting nations. You have no cry. You see the church powerless. You have no cry. You see division in the people of God. You have no cry. No desire inside of you like God. When is it going to end? You see broken people. You don't hurt. You feel nothing. You have no desire. That is not us in the name of Jesus. Say, that's not me in the name of Jesus. Say, that's not me. I can't hear you say, that is not me. As for me. Say, say, that's for me. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Say it again, as for me. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Here I come. According to the volumes of the books written about me to do your will. It was in this kind of time that Elijah came. And here's what Matthew Henry said about Elijah. Ahab and the people expected that Elijah would in this solemn assembly bless the land and pray for rain. But he had other work to do first. The people must be brought to repent and reform. And then they may look for a removal of the judgment. But not till then. This is the right method. God will first prepare our heart, then cause his ear to hear. He will first turn us to him, then turn to us. It's not the other way around. It's not about God coming to bless us first. It's actually about us yielding to God first. It's not about God coming to change our situation first. It's actually about us coming back to God first. It's always God first. So when they saw Elijah, when they have saw Elijah, it's like, oh, you troubler of Israel. That's why they have said to Elijah, Can you, what audacity? You're the man who drew the land into idolatry and God cursed the land. When you see the prophet, you think the prophet is the one who is doing something wrong. And Elijah said to him, I'm not the troubler of Israel. You are. I, I love Elijah. He had, he had nerves, nerves of steel. To say to the king, because you can be at those times where the times when they hung prophet Jeremiah did not get away quite that easy. When Jeremiah finished his prophecy, they put him in prison. They put him in prison, and he came with 70 years and said, 70 years Jeremiah died in prison, or something like he was released after the king had died in the war. He spent years in prison for his prophecies. This guy stood up and said, Oh no, you are the trouble of Israel. You king, you Ahab. It's not about God blessing. It's actually about the land repenting. I want to repeat that so that somebody here will hear. It's not about God blessing Nigeria. It's about Nigeria repenting. It's not about God changing our destiny. It's actually about the land changing to, from being a wicked land to a land that listens to God. It's not about us turning things around and making education and money and this thing available. No, it's not about changing the economy. 
listen to me. It's not about changing these things. It's about whether the land will stop being evil. Because when the economy is changed, when there's money everywhere, when everybody has a million dollars, when the per capita income reaches a point when there's a hundred million dollars to everybody's name in Nigeria, when we have our streets paved of terracotta tiles, when we have our land green, when we have everywhere full of lawns and everybody has a two-story building in his name in Nigeria and everybody and kids play in lush lawns, when Nigeria is a land of milk and honey, people will still be hungry and in desperate need for God because the wickedness of man's soul goes deeper than superficial material things so God wants us to do the heart change before he will do the external change we always constantly want the external change I'm sorry this is not the kind of message that will make you jump from chandelier to chandelier so first Kings look at what Elijah prayed when he got to the sacrifice, all the prophets of Baal had done, had done themselves all day. Elijah steps to the thing and here is what Elijah says. Let's read it together. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that these people will know that you, the Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and they licked up the water in the trench. So when all the people saw this, they fell face down and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Before this time, they didn't know who God was anymore. Do you know, we're arguing with fools today. The church is arguing with fools today. Excuse my, my, my strong language. The church is arguing with fools today. Somebody will say, oh, we're not supposed to do this. Everybody will say, yes, we're not supposed to do that. No, no, let the fire fall. We will know who the Lord is. Let the fire fall. Let the land repent and let the fire fall. We will know who the Lord is. Who is the boss? We will know. So Christianity is a power religion. It's a power game. It's a power expression. But God will not release his power to charlatans and to people who are going to manipulate his power. God will not release his power to people who are not ready. God will not release his power to dirty people whose minds are only thinking about themselves. God will not release his power to myopic people who all they can think about is themselves and their bank account. He will not. He will not. He will not. God will hold on to it for as long as possible. And God has the power to wait. He will wait for all of us to die. He will bring another people after us. A new set of Nigerians who will be different from us. And then those people he will release his power. So guess who needs God? It's you. It's in your time. It's your generation. It's you who needs God. God doesn't need us. We need him more than he needs us. God needs, God needs a people who are ready. Are we the people? It's not about whether God is our God. It's whether we are God's people. That's why he says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Blessed is he who yields himself. You know, we like what we like. I've been involved in all types of conversations with all types of people. We like what we like. We hold on to our sins. We hold on to our loss. We hold on to it. We grab hold of it. We love it. We nurture it. We keep it aside. We don't want to let go because we know it's going to cost us something. But God is ready today. If you're ready, God is ready. Jesus was taken, this angel said, this man you see going on, he will come back in life's manner. You know, 
don't go go and wait for the promise of the father and they all went it was time for the father Jesus had ascended into heaven they were full of expectation and disappointment but what did they do they huddled together in the upper room they waited together they chanted and prayed together they were full of expectation is that what we have so sometimes when God says fast you know all God is trying to do get us to huddle to come together to push aside the plate of food to reject our pleasure and come together he hopes that that will be a season when we can actually all do it right and he will come the last time we prayed there was once God told us I'm going to give you fresh tongues of fire the first meeting we came it was as if God was actually waiting for us the meeting just exploded the presence of God was so real but after a few days we lose it we lost it all we lose it all do you know God wants to bring us something beautiful he wants to bring us something phenomenal out of our lives you don't have to travel anywhere to find the move of God you don't need to go to Toronto back in those days we used to go to Tulsa Oklahoma I think it was Kenny Hagin who was there right but Kenny Hagin is no more so now people travel to Australia to meet Brian Houston Brian Houston is going global people go to Bethel but Bethel Chris Valleton Christian Kane all these people from Bethel are going global what does that say God is decentralized you can have him here today everyone who is ready you don't have to go far just come together among your brethren can we be that tribe I'm begging you guys can we be that company I'm asking you guys, there are many churches who are trying to just bring music stars, this kind of star, this kind of person. They don't care that much about the presence of God. All they want is, let's gather a good crowd and let's make some money. Can we be the people who is all about God for us? Can we be that company of people? Because God can take anyone, anyone and make them anything. God can take anyone, literally anyone anyone if not I should, someone like me shouldn't be here talking to you guys when I talk about it people don't believe but I'm, I'm absolutely a village boy at the time I was 13 years old all I could boast about was my farm I'm serious I was a village boy growing up among farmers went age grade day after day we farmed in my brother's farm we farmed in the other farm then they farmed in my own farm. My grandmother cooked for them. This, that's, what, that's what I'm not supposed to be here. God can make anyone to be anything. I'm not supposed to be among you guys. All of you city people, Lagosians and posh people. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not to, that's why my ways have not totally cleaned up. <laughs> Some farming ways. <laughs> God just needs you to be ready. The fire that will come out of your life, you won't believe it. If you are tired of dead Christianity, if you are tired, if you are really tired of Christianity that goes nowhere, no power, nothing, then let's, let's come together and let's set a bonfire here. Let the fire go up to the heavens.
by the grace of God. Amen. The Holy Spirit is here today and we can replicate the upper room. Wait, let's take a fast together. Let's huddle. Let's tarry everyone. Let's expect the fire to fall. Are you ready for the fire? He is here. He is here. And he wants to walk amongst us. He is here as we gather in his name. Is he is he and his moving in our hearts he is he as we gather in his name Acts chapter two He is he, he is he and he wants to walk a wonder He is he as we Gather in his name. Wonder, he is here as we gather in his name. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues of fire. And one sat in each other of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Is moving in our hearts. Is he as we gather in his name? Are you crazy enough to want God? Are you hungry enough to forget about your worries and your problems for this moment? Are you crazy enough to ask for the power of God? For the reality of God that you are a true believer and a true fire burns in your heart. Are you hungry enough for the move of God? Are you waiting enough for the fire of God to burn? Wonder. 
someone's at today there's a man here God has been asking for your heart and you know this he's been asking for your heart and you know this he's been asking for your heart and you know this and he's saying will you give me your heart today will you give me your heart today I don't want to invite you to religion or to some rules and some regulations some things you have to do but will you give me your heart today give me your heart give me your heart I have great and mighty things I want to show you which you do not know give me your heart says the Spirit of God give me your heart give me your life I will make it beautiful I will make your life impactful I'll give you impact, says the Spirit of God. Impact is something I do. I can use anyone. Will you come?
one is one fire that came but he divided on every one of them it's not our different fires is one fire that came it divided on individuals it shows that you personally can host this fire you can personally host the fire of the spirit you can immerse you can encounter you can experience you can explore you can build your life around this fire you can speak you can declare you can have power because you're a witness of the power of God you have the power say I have the power I have the power I am a witness I have the power as for me I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord this is the time this is the season and God wants to challenge your heart today to burn for him Hallelujah.